This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm so glad that you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the main ways to empower yourself with money is to owe less of it. Americans are significantly in debt after just a few years ago, debt in the United States collapsed. Americans are taking on debt at a very rapid clip right now for various reasons. And I wanna talk about ways for you to dig out of that debt Also, AI is in the news constantly, and we're hearing really, really scary scenarios about how AI, I was reading something just today, a prediction that AI is going to destroy human life on Earth. I'm going to give you my two cents on this topic and why I am not terrified. I am terrified about the amount of credit card debt that Americans have taken on in recent times. This is after credit card debt had declined by huge amounts, particularly in states that during the early phase of COVID were in tight lockdown. People just didn't spend money. People were shocked how much of the money that they spent month to month was on things other than the basics of housing and the food you need to eat. And so people were able to significantly reduce their spending, extinguish debt, and then we've been in this revenge phase. Because let me tell you, it was bad for us mentally. It was bad for us in so many ways when life was restricted either by ourselves, in most cases it was really our own actions, And then others in cases where government had restrictions on what you could do in a number of cities or states. But the reality is we have been on the revenge tour since, trying to recapture experiences in life that we missed. Now, there are also, and I don't want to make light of it, there are people that are really suffering financially. The inflationary cycle we had was brutal to people's wallets in many cases. And there are people who just are struggling to get through the month or get from pay period to pay period. And they've been using credit cards as a escape valve. And that is a segment of people with debt. But there are many others. It's because of this pent up desire, this demand to make up for the time that you missed in 20 and part of 21. And here we are in 23 and the amount of credit card debt has gone berserk. And the number of people carrying very large amounts of credit card debt is unreal. So over 40% of Americans with credit cards now are just servicing that debt. I don't remember a time that it was 
that much that people are just able to pay that minimum payment, which in many cases will just put you further into debt over time. And I know it's all in right now on TikTok to talk about getting out of debt by cash stuffing is the term being used now and people celebrating their victories and cash stuffing is a new term for an old thing that I've been a fan of forever and that is the debt diet and diet sounds so ugly right it's taking away but a debt diet actually creates a really positive result and that's new freedom in your life and this term cash stuffing all it basically is is you put your credit cards in the deep freeze and by the way i'm not kidding about this you take a freezer bag you put your credit cards in it by the way your debit card needs to go in there as well and you put water in it you seal the bag throw it in the freezer compartment and your cards are in the deep freeze literally how are you going to get cash out if you don't have your debit card well that's a good question (laughs) so If you have to put your debit card in a separate freezer bag and once a pay period, because I only want you to pull cash out once a pay period. If you have to do that every, if you get paid in a two-week cycle or twice a month, pull the debit card out, let it thaw, go get money out of the ATM, and then you've got your cash to cover you till your next pay period. The thing that I've found going back, believe it or not, two generations two generations, is that when people who have a problem with debt, let's, let's make it personal. If you have a problem with credit card debt, also known as lifestyle debt, and lifestyle debt is different than people that are wheezing, that can just don't have enough money for life's basics. And that is, again, a sliver of people who have the credit card debt. So many of the people with the credit card debt, it is the spending that happens without us really thinking about it. If you go to cash and you only have that cash to last till the next pay period, you will be stunned, stunned, just as people were during COVID. You'll be stunned how little money you will actually spend. And suddenly you have money back in your life to do what? To be on a plan to pay down debt. I read a profile in the New York Post recently of a woman who was a moderate income earner who was $70,000 in credit card debt, and she went to cash only, and she's now debt-free. So it's not like with a diet, you have to avoid the pastry counter. If you go to cash, it's much more automatic because you've only got so much money. But on the other hand, and this is why I say the debit card can't be on your, in your possession regularly, because still you can tap and go, tap and go, tap and go, tap and go, just like with the credit cards. And so there's no friction in the system. The money vanishes from your life so much quicker. You do food delivery. You do pick up a food, whatever. Whatever these things are where you could say, oh, look, my cash is dwindling. I don't have enough cash to do that kind of thing. I'm going to make a ham and cheese sandwich or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the go-to when people are running out of money. I'm going to have ramen noodles, which is the ultimate go-to. And if we go in the way back machine, when I was in college and I was having to work my way through college, we didn't have microwaves then. We didn't have anything like that. 
I lived on generic canned food because I didn't know how to cook really. And so I'd have uh, macaroni noodles. And, okay, you you're know, making this sound very unhealthy, <laughs> this whole thing. Just so so wait know. a minute, wait a minute. When have you ever heard me? Okay, I'm just you, saying you like, do it in a healthy way. Well, you could make, making your food at home, I mean, you can make a salad, you know, with whatever you have in your fridge and using leftovers. I mean, it's not, you don't have to eat ramen noodles. You sound just noodles like my wife like. And macaroni and cheese. Well, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the. Right. The you want the, you're doing the college kid thing, so. And I still have the mentality right. of a college right. kid, don't I? Yeah. Generations later. But you get the idea. One other thing, uh, you know, half of Americans now, latest data have some kind of second job or side hustle. And so if you are determined to pay off debt and you go to my cash thing and you pick up, let's say, five, eight, ten hours a week of extra work and all that money goes towards paying off the debt, you do not have to be a prisoner of your debt forever. And you can save money eating Krista's way or my way, although my way probably generates more medical bills. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for questions? I'm ready. Oh, man, you made me, you really pointed out how badly I'm sorry. I eat my mentality. I just didn't want people to think they had to resort to that, you know. So, you know my favorite snack now? What? Carrots, raw carrots. Nice. How's that? That's amazing. That's great. Okay. This one's from Chris in California. I contributed 7K to my Roth IRA last year, but due to a pay raise, I have to either withdraw all 7K or recharacterize it to a non-deductible IRA. If I were to sell the specific mutual fund I bought last year today, it would result in a 1,000 or 15% loss, $1,000 or 15% loss. Should I sell it or recharacterize? So Chris, this is something that doesn't have an automatic answer. So the question I've got to find out that you've got to look at is how much money do you have in traditional IRAs? Because if you only have money in Roths, then absolutely recharacterize this as a non-deductible and you can do what's called a backdoor Roth. Just Google the term backdoor Roth. You'll see plenty of very clear explanations about how that works, where it's a ridiculous loophole that people that are congratulations to you on getting more money in your paycheck, people who become income ineligible to a Roth can still do one with a little extra work by putting money in the non-traditional IRA that has no non-deductible IRA, I'm sorry, non-deductible IRA that has no income limits, and then immediately recharacterize it as Roth. So you can go from Roth to non-deductible back to Roth. The complication is if you have significant money in traditional IRAs, there's a ratio you have to do in moving money into Roth IRAs that I need for you to read as you dig into the rules on doing a backdoor Roth. This is from Billy in Nebraska. I'm beginning to do rides outside of Uber, and I've been asked if I can accept cards for payment. I've said only cash, but I think I should accept credit cards. Can you please tell me the best option for this? Okay, isn't this funny? So, uh, angel devil, two shoulders, because I'm just talking about just before this, why I want you to be careful with credit. But the reality is, if you're doing private rides for people, what's known as black car service, people expect to be able to pay with plastic. 
so I would suggest the easiest, least resistance path is to get a square device, and you'll be able to take those cards easily. And again, because of people's mindset, you'll actually be able to charge them more taking square than you are taking cash because, again, people don't feel the money as much when they're paying by plastic. So the square reader, square readers free or really cheap, right? I don't know. It's really inexpensive and you pay discount points like anybody else does when you process through Square. You could also do Venmo, right? If you're not already and some people You could you could have people pay on Venmo or Cash App. I just like the idea of you having the Square app, somebody when they're in your vehicle, they just mm-hmm. pop their card in the app or tap it. You're good. You pay a lower discount point that way. And the website squareup.com. So I'm going to ask you about your own tipping. So get okay. ready because you talked about that yesterday. Stephen Illinois says, Clark, you are so proud of your $15 haircuts. Good for you. You never say how much you tip your stylist. I'm guessing you go to Great Clips or a similar salon. My question is, how much do you tip? I go to Great Clips and always round up to $30. When they run their $7.99 promotion, I still round up to $30. I'm hoping you are a generous tipper. A $30 haircut is still a bargain. Okay, so Steve... You're making me sound like a horrible person. Um, I tip four or five dollars. Maybe I'm supposed to tip a lot more. What what should I be tipping? I tip twenty percent at the hair salon. So you're tipping more than that. I'm tipping more than that, but it's because I'm getting a discount haircut because I buy them in a block of four for sixty dollars. Gosh, Steve, I will. I'm not going to do what you're doing because you tipped. $22 on that $8 haircut, man. But uh, maybe I do need to tip more. And I I know the guy who's cut my hair, is, I've known him for 20 years. I'll just ask him. I'll say, what does somebody normally tip you? Because somebody said that I'm being too cheap with you. What is it that people usually tip? And he'll laugh. And then he'll say, yeah, you really are a cheap tipper. No, he won't. He'll say it's fine. I think that's pretty standard is 20%. At least okay. for me at the salon and my haircuts maybe are I not should, $15. Maybe I should tip 20% off retail. Tw- tip 20% on retail. Yeah, that instead makes sense. Instead of the $15. Yeah, I would do that. Because like if you get money off at a restaurant, I always tip on the, what the bill would have been. So it's funny. I live in a zip code that everything's really fancy places. And the haircut place that I can walk to is a base haircut is $60 <laughs> for a guy, $60. I mean, and so the 15, it's like I'm stealing it. And I know people who live in a zip code where they've got the, the men's haircuts for $6 or $8 or $10 are like, you're spending 15 on a haircut, but it's all where you are. And 15 is really cheap where I live. Yeah, it is. But then again, someone mistook you for... What, a homeless person one time near where you live? Because you don't dress up as much as the other people. All right, all right. I know that that we're supposed to go to break right now, but I, because you said that, I have to tell a story. Sorry, you don't even know this. Is it not this. this one? Oh, what is it? So my family had an intervention with me recently. Really? About how on days I don't work, how casually I dress 
And to have been mistaken for, as I was by those missionaries as a homeless person who they wanted to get out of the cold, which uh, <laughs> true story. My family has asked me to dress not quite so casually. And so I have, with their approval, oversight and approval, I bought some newer casual clothes. And so when I'm on a day that I'm just, you know, just bumming around, I have this new wardrobe. So you're not going to see me looking you like, usually wear, almost every time I see you and we're not at work, you've got one of your, what are they, $5 Cozumel t-shirts? $2, $2.80, thank you. <gasps> you've always got a Cozumel t-shirt. I wear them <laughs> and they've got holes in them because I never throw away, guys never throw away clothing. So I've got all these. Um, Some guys. Well, it's not environmental to throw clothing. Well, I use them as rags, Mike's old t-shirts. Do you really? I do, I really do. I use no, them as mine, mine will get, uh, they'll get sunscreen stains on them and oh. they'll have holes in them and all that. And uh, so that's what I'm not allowed to wear anymore. And my Boy. family is so happy. I mean, it was an intervention like you do for somebody <laughs> with substance abuse that I just went through. Not to make light of homelessness or substance abuse, but right. that is very funny. Oh, but it's a, it's a true story. And so the question is, with AI, could it always look like I was right out of GQ? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I could fool my family when they're out of town or I'm out of town. But AI is something that uh, is going to open up so many new ways of doing things and when something is new, there's such a tendency to go to darkness. And Krista, your imagination is quite vivid about this. And uh, you think a lot of really terrible things are going to happen. And we're going to talk about all the possibilities with AI. And I ask you to use your imagination, but imagine also that a lot of this could be positive for the world, not necessarily just negative. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's one scary headline after another, after another about AI. And Krista, I'm going to bring you in right away because you have significant fears that you have expressed to me about what we're facing with AI. Uh, possibility somebody very easily steals your money. Somebody steals your identity in a whole new way. Somebody steals your job. In fact, Goldman Sachs put out a report recently 
that the latest wave of AI could affect, the effect was the word they used, 300 million jobs in the world. 300 million. And Elon Musk put out something saying, we need a deep freeze on anything with AI because of, quote, profound risk to society. And now there's an AI group saying that we need a government investigation of AI or even things. I read something just this week where someone predicted that the end of the human race was going to come from AI. And what I said is go watch Terminator movies and you'll feel right at home because Terminator was about the machines destroying humanity and the machines fighting wars with other machines and all this stuff. All very, very, very dark stuff. What's that word? Dystopian? Dystopian. Dystopian. Yeah, it is all dystopian kind of stuff. Okay, so does AI have a potential sinister side? Certainly in war. Absolutely. I mean, look what drones already, how they've been used in the war in Ukraine by both sides. The ability of drones to do very sophisticated ones to do micro-targeting. So yes, any breakthrough in technology can be bad, ugly. There could be bad results. There also could be a lot of very good results. I think about in medicine, how AI already is playing a role in finding cancers that are missed by well-trained medical professionals looking at imaging. I mean, there are things that AI will be able to do that instead of costing lives, is going to save lives. The job thing. We have a planning meeting once a week. And when we got to AI in that planning meeting, could it have been more animated, Krista? I mean, it's an interesting discussion, I think. I mean, I wouldn't say I have fears over it, but I I feel that I do believe there are going to be huge inevitable changes between this and you've always made fun of me because when that movie Minority Report came out years ago, it predicted basically what's happening now where people would be identified through their irises, fingerprints, all those things. You'd walk into a store and know exactly who you were, like all that was put together. And so then people would like, you know, buy an eyeballs from someone else on the black market and have surgery. I mean, all this kind of stuff. And you're hearing about people being killed now for their, yeah, you know. there's, if you're not aware, it's, it's become a national story. NBC news recently did a big story on this is there's a criminal ring that was operating in the Northeast that was drugging people at bars, then using their face to unlock their iPhone and then steal their money. And then many of those people, the drugs that they had given them, killed them. Mm -hmm. Others just were um, out of it for a few hours or days. And uh, several suspects have now been arrested. And so it ties right in with right. the Minority Report movie that people have lost their lives so criminals could use their face to use the iPhone to then steal your money. Yeah. And so I don't think we can stop any of this, but the, the chat GPT, like the latest version of that, I think that's what that report was specifically saying. Like, yes, like it, their publishers suing them now because they have to use, it has to originally get information from other sources to create, like you can ask it to write you a book. You can ask it to, to paint you a picture, to draw you a house. I mean, it can do 
so much stuff. It's right. insane. And this is just the early days. Right. So can and, you imagine? And let's take this. You take social media and AI together and the falsehoods that can be spread because they can now make anybody say anything. Mm-hmm. They can make anybody look like they committed a crime to create character assassination. There are so many things that are true that are bad that the combination of AI and social media can do. But at the same time, when a new technology occurs, our natural reaction is to go to the dangers of it. The truth is a breakthrough technology always has both. One of the examples I've seen come up over and over again with AI is nuclear power. That nuclear power has had very good aspects to it and obviously horrific and potentially the end of human life as we know it because of nuclear weapons. And so technological breakthroughs are not one thing. They're not, by their very nature, automatically bad. Talking about drones. Drones are used in so many positive ways in addition to be used as a a war weapon. The thing about this And the one that comes up more than anything else I need to address before we go to questions is the job loss. I started with it, and I want to end with it. So you got Goldman Sachs saying 300 million jobs are going to be affected. What does that mean? Throughout modern times, modern times are considered to have started in 1830, so almost 200 years ago. We have had technological breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And every one of them has led to very wise people predicting widespread massive unemployment and starvation. If you go back in American history to the very beginning of the 1800s, almost every American, almost every American earned a living on the farm. And when the technological wave came, a couple of decades into the 1800s, there were predictions that there would be this massive unemployment and starvation and homelessness because of the technologies that would eliminate the need for virtually every American to till in the fields, work in the fields. Mm -hmm. And didn't work out that way at all. The nature of work changed. And the nature of work will change again. And yes, there will always be jobs that are eliminated by waves of technology. Look at what the internet has done, where it eliminated entire categories of employment, but then did what? It created entire new categories of employment. One thing I joked about like 15 years ago is the term web developer. Before 1995, people would have thought somebody was working with spiders if you said (laughs) web developer. There was no such thing. And now it's a big area of employment. So the nature of work changes continually. A Canadian study found that 70% of jobs that will exist 20 years from now don't exist right now. So on the job front, there will be people who do something that will no longer exist. I, I tell the story of my son who's training to be a professional pilot. And he knows that before he would be of retirement age, that how you fly an aircraft, what we even fly in, will be completely different. And the job that he is training for, and it's a hard job to train for, will not exist 40 years down the road. 
So what's he going to do? He's going to go to a traditional college to study professional flight, professional pilot, and he will get a second area of study. So he's prepared for the possibility that what he has trained for will not exist anymore. We have to continually think about what we do today and what we are going to need to learn how to do tomorrow. And I do have ideas about how we deal with the evil component that AI can lead to, but that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, Cindy in Montana has a question about AI. She said, hi, Clark, with so much about AI's advancements and ability to create deep fakes, how can I feel safe with my accounts not being compromised with a synthetic copy of me where, quote, at Vanguard, my voice is my password? That is a wonderful question. And that's why I've been testing security key technology. And security keys solve a lot of problems in the financial sector because you use your personally identifiable security key, which is which is actual physical key, to register your financial accounts. And without that security key, you can't get in them. So even somebody pretending to be you with an exact copy of your voice from AI saying at Vanguard, my voice is my password, and many other companies use that technology. AI could defeat that and pretend to be you, but if you're using a security key for your account, then you prevent that. And I, I will let you know how my journey with the security key goes uh, and whether that is an adequate interim step to protect our accounts or an ongoing step to protect our financial accounts. This is from Dina in Connecticut. I'm searching for the term greenhouse on Facebook Marketplace. I found a result that looks too good to be true. Is it possible that this vendor is selling Harbor Freight items at a deeply discounted price because the consumer never received them? The seller has an unrecognizable name and their profile picture shows similar to Costco's logo and it seems a little fishy. I'm going to paste the link here so you can see what I'm talking about. So uh, <laughs> you did this a little while ago. What did you find out about yeah, this? Yeah, I went to it. Um, it does. It's weird. They have this logo that looks like the Costco logo. And then I did a who is search on the URL and found that it was literally just created. I mean, like days ago created. So it's, and it's in China, the, U, the IP. So we don't know with this if they're just going to steal your money or if they're going to send you counterfeit goods or stolen goods. But whatever your suspicions of this item being sold, this greenhouse being sold well below retail, your suspicions are valid. You are right to be skeptical and stay away. And anytime you see goods for sale online, way below what you know is the legitimate price, you're going to know they're either counterfeit or stolen almost always. And checking the URL and seeing when it was created is a really good tip off because a lot of the crooks will register an address, sell through it for a while before it can be shut down or after it's shut down. They've already moved on to a new URL that they may use for a few weeks or a month or two. Yeah. And if they're in a foreign country, there's not much you can do to get your money back. There's nothing you can do. I mean, but even the, the U.S., If you haven't paid by credit card, your money's taken a one-way trip. Yeah. 
Rhonda in Alabama says, hi, Clark. I get a lot of spam emails phishing for my personal information. I have a tab on my Hotmail that says report phishing. I've reported hundreds of emails that are clearly trying to get me to click on them and give them my personal information. My question, am I wasting my time reporting these emails? Is there anyone on the other end that is actually doing something about these potentially dangerous emails, or should I just block them and move on? So this is the scam segment of our (laughs) podcast right now, I guess. All right, so some of it has similar method of operation. So these crooks, if enough people report to Hotmail or Gmail or whatever, they then block that sender from being able to send emails. So you're not wasting your time. You're part of an army of people who, if they take the time to click and report that something is phishing or spam or whatever, ultimately it will lead to a block of that. But just as we talked about with the URL selling likely counterfeit, stolen, or just stealing your money, and they just move on and they create a new URL, same issue with these spam emails. So it's a game of whack-a-mole. And so you are doing something that hopefully is helpful, at least to others, but it is a constant barrage of these scam emails that are coming in. And it is a plague of modern life, just as it's a plague with all the scam texts and spam texts that are showing up repeatedly in our phones from phony texters or dishonest texters. And so you just have to be aware that this is something that no one has yet a solid solution to. Although the cell phone carriers are in a heap of trouble apparently because the feds say they're not doing what they're capable of doing with blocking these scam texts. And so you may hopefully, because of at least the publicity and embarrassment, see the big three cell phone carriers step up to the plate and do more to reduce the number of scam texts that are showing up. But the emails, that's a whole different matter, a whole different thing. And that does it for this episode of our podcast. Remember, when we're done with the podcast, we're not done serving you. Clark.com is there to serve you around the clock with money advice you can trust. And at Clark Deals, deals you can trust. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and know that we got your back. We're here for you and your wallet around the clock.